So I really think people are going to enjoy the dialogue that we had on today's podcast. Well, I certainly enjoyed it, and it has me thinking about um, several different things. So I'm hoping it's going to crack open some really juicy dialogue for people. Yeah, and and it really has my spirit growling. And my soul roaring. <laughs> You'll have to listen to learn more about what all that means. Yeah. some dialogue about why do you think people come to church? Why do people come to church? It's really been on my mind because when John Burnett from NPR was here, yeah, the whole conversation really was around why people are leaving church and what people are doing to get people to come to church. Right. And we know there's a lot of reasons why people are leaving church, but I want to have some fruitful dialogue around why are people coming to church? Why are people still seeking church? We're so hyper-focused in our society about all the numbers around people leaving and um, that we get really focused there. But my experience is, yes, that is true, and... People are still coming to church and people are still out there like church shopping and trying to mm-hmm. find a good church that's suited for them and their uh, families. So I want to talk about that. So where do we begin? Well, I do think that there's something to be said for having some understanding about the leaving. Mm. So, Which I'm not always convinced by. I mean, we know statistically that, and you can go listen to that John Burnett piece um, on NPR. It was a good piece. It was a good piece. And so we do know that people have left organized religion, and, and so that those standard numbers have been dropping at least since the early 2000s. That, that's not a secret, and it's not the whole story. Okay, so tell us more of the story. Well, more of the story is we we see the numbers of churches closing and we see the numbers of church attendance um, in in certain areas and in certain churches declining. But it doesn't mean that it's declining everywhere mm. and not every church is experiencing a steady decline. Some churches like ours are increasing and... The thing that I think often gets overlooked is that sometimes people are leaving not because they don't want a church experience, but they want something more, something they're not exactly finding in church, and 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 they are looking for a less standard experience of the gospel than they've grown up with. A less standard? What is that? What do you mean by that? Yeah, um, I guess that does require some explaining. I, I think in our, especially in our American context, we have a sense of what it means to be the church that is rooted into 
our own um, political society and and all the baggage of so many people who lay claim to who they think or say Jesus is versus what we actually experience Jesus doing in the Gospels. Mm-hmm. And, and it's no secret that oftentimes people are leaving church not because they don't love Jesus, but because they don't see Jesus there. This, mm-hmm. this is what mm-hmm. they articulate. Right. They, they, they want an experience of Jesus, and it's just not measuring up with who they know God to be. Right. I, I also think that there's something to be said for, um, I think sometimes, because I hear this a lot actually, that people are also questioning who Jesus really is based mm-hmm. on some really loud commentary, and people hear people talking about Jesus who sound really convincing and really um, steadfast in their articulation of who Jesus is, and it doesn't resonate with people. They're like, whoa, well, you seem really sure of who Jesus is, and that doesn't resonate at all in me, in my heart or in my mind or in my being, my spirit, my soul, on who I understand Jesus to be. But gosh, you seem so right. Um, You certainly feel convinced and convicted of how right you are about Jesus. Maybe, and if that's who Jesus is, I don't, I don't know if, I don't, I'm not a follower of that. Yeah. And so people start to fall away. Mm -hmm. And people are still so hungry. They're hungry. They are hungry, and and so they might be leaving the church, but they're going other places to satisfy that hunger. And sometimes they're not. Sometimes yeah. they're not going anywhere, and um, and they don't know what to do with their hunger. They feel really, really stuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... You know, there's all kinds of experiences out there of how people are trying to understand church and what it is and what it's not and who Jesus is and who Jesus is not and who even God is. And I think one of the things that I feel um, tender about hmm. is as a priest and as a spiritual director and as a um, as a child of God is when people feel so alone mm. in trying to figure this all out. Yeah. By the, they're trying to figure it out by themselves. They don't know where to go because nothing feels quite right. And it does. It makes me feel tender about um, where people go. Who do they turn to? How do they sort this out. It, I mean, we're not meant to sort it out by ourselves, first of all. Right. We're spiritual people meant to live in connection. Um, I mean, we're social creatures, and that requires engagement. But again, you know, because another piece is that people have been hurt by church. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you know, if, again, if that's what church is, I don't want to have anything to do with it. Yeah. And it is the challenge because there has been a lot. I mean, it's it's been all over the news for the past couple of decades. The the ways that people have been hurt by churches, and and so many have been so helped by churches. Yeah, 
And and so we don't often hear that story. Yeah. Um, but I I hear about somebody else's hurt and and maybe I've been hurt a little. Yeah. And and so I, I tend to focus on the hurt, how I've been hurt and, and I connect with another's hurt. And and I forget all the really wonderful stuff that is said about Jesus, that the church is doing and and so it's hard to come back to it if I have left, and it's hard to see my place in it. Um, but I do think right now that sense of hunger, that, that longing that people have, it is perhaps the reason people are willing to risk coming to a church today. Yeah, I mean... It's it's really vulnerable, I think, after you've been hurt or, you know, in our conversation with the bishop a couple months ago when mm. he was talking about disillusionment. Yeah. And, uh, you know, oftentimes people walk away from church um, or um, take a break because they feel disillusioned. And I loved how Bishop Cole said, you know, when people use that, I'm going to start saying, congratulations, you know, <laughs> like it's, it's falling away. You're, you're actually able to see things as they are. Now what? Now what? Now what? And, you know, actually our, our conversation this morning has me thinking about someone that I met recently after one of our Celtic services. And, and she um, had had a, a negative um, experience with her with a previous church um, that she'd been with for a long time, and but that hunger was alive in her mm. and wasn't leaving her alone, and so she knew she needed to ke- get back out there and try some other things and see. Well, okay, that didn't work, but that doesn't mean everything won't work for me. Right? What might work, and. And that led her to to the Celtic service. Yeah. So I think that there are ways in which people that are the hunger within us is um, it doesn't go away. It it doesn't go away, and it has a way of compelling us towards something that we may not even know at. First, that will help us know how to satiate that hunger. Right. And so, I i mean, I, I told you about my experience with the Celtic service when I got here. I said, I can see how this might resonate with people. Um, I'm not sure it's for me. Yeah. It and didn't seem like it was your cup of tea. No, but I kept coming. Yeah. And, and I thought I had a responsibility to keep coming. And You did, actually. Part of your job. That's part of, part of my job. And I grew to love it, mm. and and I haven't missed a single service since. And there's something that I've experienced in coming to that service with its all the quiet, all the candles, its simplicity, its holistic sense of how interwoven we are with creation in our in our shared life that kind of mutual responsibility we have with the earth mm-hmm. and 
as I've led that service with you and as I've um, offered, I think, one reflection and, and as I've sat in the pew, what's begun to come newly alive in me through that is a deeper awareness of my own longing for that quiet community that um, um, what's how do I want to say this that um, gift of being in that space in a different way than I've ever been accustomed to being in church mm-hmm. and and that's opened me to a, a deeper awareness of who I am in God and, and how God relates to all of us. And, and as much as I love Sunday morning, that's not what we do on Sunday morning. It's a different experience. Not, not good, bad, worse, anything like that. No. It's a different experience. And, and it's helped me to... Um, become more awake to experiencing God newly. Mm-hmm. And don't you think, I think, that so many people are hungry for just that, to experience God newly. Yeah. Because many of us, not all of us, but many of us have grown up with some way that we are taught or told to experience God. Right. This is how you experience God. Yeah. You go to church on Sunday mornings mm-hmm. and you have an experience. Although I think there's lots and lots of people who, I mean, I grew up Episcopalian. I mean, my parents never told me, I mean, and didn't <laughs> tell me coming to the Episcopal church. Okay, you come to Sunday you come to Sunday school and you come to church on Sunday so you have an experience with God. That was my experience, but nobody talked about that with me. Yeah. It was just what you did. You just did it. And and I think maybe maybe part of what the work of the church is right now is is to take all those things we once took for granted and make them plain. Bring them out into the open. Okay, so what do we take for granted? That people are having an experience with God. Ah, uh-huh. And and maybe make room for people to talk about. Have you experienced God? Are you experiencing God? What does that feel like? What does do that you look have like? An, do you have an experience with God every Sunday morning? Every Sunday morning? Yeah. I have some experience with God every Sunday morning. I, Did you really that you're aware of every Sunday morning? Not me. So I don't have it every Sunday morning. Um I think I think we would have to unpack what that experience is for me to Sure, okay. Yeah. All right. I have I have some experience of God, even if that experience is something that I'm trusting more than I'm feeling. Like I know God shows up. Oh sure. I know God's there. And so I know I'm having an experience. But I don't with, need to come to church to know that God is there. Like, do you feel like on Sunday mornings that somehow God is more there? More there? No, I think there are some Sunday mornings when I feel like I'm more there. Well, that's definitely true for myself, sure. And and I and I do think when I'm more there, 
I do experience God more. I can appreciate that statement. I think that that's true for me sometimes. Yeah. Um, I I have to. It's be... not always amazing. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah. I mean, sometimes I experience God, and I'm a little frustrated that I had the experience because God was a little hard on me. Sure, I know I have that experience too. But I, I think that I have to be careful though sometimes that I don't try to will an experience with God. I can be open to and present mm-hmm. and ready, awake to experience God, but it doesn't mean it's always going to happen. And even coming to church on a Sunday morning doesn't ensure that it's going to happen. Yeah. So I want to talk about. What do you think, why do people come to church? For me, I think there's there's this relationship to hunger. Mm-hmm. You know, like we are, we are people who are hungry for. Yeah, so there's um, this, this hopefully will not be too far off track, but I've always been um, curious about how we speak of hunger in the English language yeah, and mindful that I'm pretty sure at least most every other languages of the world never say I'm hungry. Like nobody ever uses that phrase. Right. They always say something like tango hombre. I have have hunger. hunger. Yeah. And, and so hunger is this kind of thing that I have for a little bit while my stomach is growling. It's not who I am. Right. And there is something about the hunger of our souls that is who I am. Mm-hmm. And so I wonder if we, it might even help to differentiate between this sense of having hunger, the hunger of my stomach when it's growling, which may or may not need, mean I need to eat, and the hunger of my soul that that is at the core of, of my being as a portion of God. Hmm. So, okay, so <laughs> thank you for that. And there's a hunger that we have as human beings, I think the deepest hunger we have, is to be in union with God. Mm-hmm. And I think there's all kinds of ways we try to satiate that hunger. Um, some are healthy, um, some are unhealthy. And, but we are, we are a humanity that is looking to, to be in union with a loving God. Yes, and, and something that I've, We've talked a lot about this. I mean, the the name of the podcast is Becoming Fully Alive. I really think, and, and I know this is true for me, I want to know that I'm alive. I'm, I'm hungering for that sense of aliveness. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that is one and the same with my hunger for God. I think so too. And that sense of aliveness, however is easier for me to satiate elsewhere. Uh, uh-huh. So I don't... It I don't, can be, yeah. It, 
it can be. So I don't, um, I don't um, pour a glass of bourbon because I want an experience with God. Right. They I, are spirits. They are spirits, and but I I know that when I have a glass of something that I really enjoy, yeah, there's a certain feeling of aliveness that I have, right. And and if I can stop, you know, um, Thich Nhat Hanh talks about um, how if if you really um, if you drink whiskey uh, in a mindful way you would notice all that it's doing to your body and you'd stop drinking. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and I think if, if we can treat everything in that sense of how is this making me feel alive? Yeah. And, and then notice all the other stuff that it makes me feel. It might help us get to the root of our hunger that the aliveness we want is that that connection to the source, that union. The source. The source uh-huh. with God. Right. Yeah, so so let's break it down a little bit. Absolutely. So one of the things we've been talking about is how, I mean, I think it's it's a common, there's common humanity, a common experience around um, a hunger for meaning in our lives, like somehow my life adds up to something more than just what I do every day, for example, you know, that there is a yeah. meaning um, to all of, to existence. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's also, I think, this hunger that's, um, I think maybe we're most aware of it when we, maybe this is true for all the hungers, when we're lacking it, Mm. Um, but a sense of community and connection. I know that when people move, for example, they can feel like this deep hunger. I remember after I left, um, divinity school where I just, I really had this wonderful flock of friends and professors and I just was totally in my element. I mean, I was just really, you know, at home. And then I moved back to Knoxville and I was like, oh, Oh, I've got to put up with all these other people. No, it wasn't that. It wasn't that at all. But it was this like, it was the hunger for that kind of rich connection. Yeah. That meaningful connection with people. And because um, in, in divinity school, I mean, you, you, not only do you, you eat together, you have all these marvelous engagements, dialogue, you're learning uh, the same things. And you all love the same stuff that you're learning. You all love the same stuff. And in the midst of that, you're you're creating a world and a language yeah. in which to live. Right. And, and sometimes that can feel forced. Never in, did for me. You no, know, it, it can feel forced just going out in the everyday world. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And when when it doesn't seem like there's that um, immediate commonality, that immediate resonance. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe part of the challenge is recognizing that it's already there in all of us. Uh-huh. And, and so it's not so much something we have to create. Rather, it's something that's 
there for us to cultivate together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so there's that hunger. And then there's also this hunger to be generous. Say more. Well, I see this in, I, in myself. I see this and recognize this in other people too. There's a, there's a longing to not just want to be for myself, mm. but to be for humanity, to be for the world, to be um, a vessel of God for the community. Mm. And, and I think that when we go through our days and I'm just totally wrapped up in myself and all the things that I need to get done and, and I can become, I think all of us can become just really insular and there's only so much time and there's only so much space every day that I, I start to lose track of, oh, I, I am losing my sense of generosity. I am, I am, and, and I will start to feel the hunger for it. Yeah, it sounds like you were describing the thing that first came to mind is, you know, Jesus very clearly says, if you're seeking to save your life, you'll lose it. And and so there's there's that ordinary sense of saving our life, which is just attending to us, right? Attending to me, uh-huh. and and in the process, I I don't always realize that what I'm what I'm losing and all that attention I'm giving to me and my my own responsibilities. Yeah. I'm losing me. Yes. And and so I think um, some some deeper awareness of how we find that balance and satiate the hunger by attending to ourselves in a holistic way mm-hmm. so that I'm always attending to myself as part of something more. Yes, right, right. And I, I think this is obviously... Um, connected to our sense of community, mm-hmm. but it's, it's not just a hunger to be in community. It's also then that hunger to be for community. And I think to hunger with people who are hunger, hungry. Yeah. Yes. Oh, it makes all the difference in the world. I mean, my closest friends are people who hunger in a similar way that I do. Yeah. And, and that's what makes the, the connection and the friendship so meaningful mm. um, is because we can talk about that. Yeah. And it's, it's a, just a, a huge soulful nourishment for my life. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so I think that um, all of these ways that we hunger, we hunger for meaning, we hunger for connection and community, we hunger for the opportunity to be generous is all different ways that we are trying to um, connect with a loving God. Because a loving God is the only way we find our way into true meaning, mm-hmm. um, that we find our way into meaningful connection and community with others and, and ultimately are able to, I mean, if I think about it being generous in in the most soulful way that I can articulate it is really about bringing forth the kingdom of God. For sure, which is within us. Which is within us. 
And it's and when we embody it though within us, it mm. radiates from us and it starts to shift. So it's not just an inner experience. I right. mean, when we really engage that and accept it and live it in our bones and our beings, then then the kingdom does have a way of starting to come together. Because I'm not just for me. Yeah. And, and there's something about this deep connection with awareness. So I'm going to get um, just for a moment, just a bit theological. So Maximus the Confessor talks about how at our core, we as humans by nature as portions of God, we're intimately bound up with who God is. Yes. And it's by virtue of that connection at the core of our being that connects us with others. Mm. So oftentimes we seek commun- community so that we can feel connected with God. Mm-hmm. What's really happening is we're becoming aware of how we are already connected because each and every one of us are deeply connected at the core of our being with God. Mm-hmm. And it's that, it's that connection, that portion of God that I am within, that at the very core of my being. That's why I'm connected with everybody else. Mm-hmm. That's why you're connected with everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. And so the more aware I am of my deep connection with God, mm-hmm. the more aware I am that, oh, Everybody else is already family. Yes, already so. Already I'm family. just living into that. Not having to create it. What, what gets created is, is the, the life that we build together from it. Right. But the, but the family that we already are, yeah. the, the life that we already share, it's there. Uh-huh. We don't have to invent it, create it. We thanks just, be to God. Thanks be to God. <laughs> we get to receive it and live into it. Yeah. We get to receive it and live into it. And I think that that is the work. Yeah. We're not always so good at receiving. It can be really hard. Right. And then, but we do have to receive in, in order to fully live into yeah. Yeah. So, you know, so we've we've kind of drilled down in some areas around um, meaning and community and connection and a sense of generosity, kind of understanding those as ways in which um, we as human beings experience hunger, mm-hmm. and which points us back to, I think that that's why people are seeking. Church, they're seeking a sense of meaningful community where they get to come just as they are. Mm-hmm. You know, um, they get to come with the, their authentic selves. They're not saying, you know, I have, I've, I've worked it all out and <laughs> I'm ready to come and be for everybody else. Yeah. You know, it's a place where we get to come and, and, and figure it out together. Or, or maybe, Come receive it together. Come receive it together. I, I, I kind of, I more and more want to huh. move away from this whole notion of figuring it out. Sure. Because I don't think that's our calling. 
Our calling is not to figure it out. But to receive. To receive and live into. Yeah. And and let be all the stuff that goes into figuring out, which causes so much headache and heartache. Yes. And simply, So much stress. So much stress. And... And learn to be together. Mm-hmm. But I, I really appreciate what you're saying, though, that your understanding of being um, is, is a form of receiving. Like if I am to be, mm-hmm. then, I, then the spiritual discipline of being is allowing myself, being open to receiving. Is that what you're saying? So if our life is a gift of God, yes, the only way for me to live it and inhabit it is first to receive it. To receive the gift. To receive the gift that is my life. Yeah. And if I can learn to receive my own life as gift, then I can receive everybody else yeah. as gift. Uh-huh. And I can live into who I am as a gift of God and live with others all these other gifts of God in a, in a way that shows forth our own givenness, how we might be given to each other by God and how we are to receive one another as gifts. Yeah. So... I think we've kind of chewed on enough. We've had some really great dialogue around this, why people are coming to church and maybe what people are hungry for. And let's give people some questions. Yeah, so the the first that comes to mind is what what are ways that you're able to satiate that hunger for God? Mm. Like... Like what? What is what? What do you experience in church, or what kind of practice do you have that makes you more aware of that deep connection that you have with God that lies at the core of your being? Yeah, that's a great question, and I'm I'm going to give a a question that I would ask before that question, mm. which is, how do you know you're hungry? Mm. Like what? And do you have some sense of what you're hungry for? So like before we get to satiating and, mm-hmm. and connecting with God in that, like how, how do you even know that you're hungry? Like what are, what are the signs? What are the... Is your spirit growling? Is your spirit growling? <laughs> my spirit growls. Um, my soul roars. Um, so I think that they're, yeah. Like, so how do you know you're hungry? Like, mm. what's, Yeah. How do you know that to be true? Yeah. And and then maybe um, somewhere in there, is your experience of the hunger of others, does it open you to experience your own hunger newly differently? Oh, yeah, that's a great question. Okay, so maybe say that a little bit differently less, in case... Less, less meandering. Yeah. A little more straightforward. How does your experience of another person's hunger for God resonate deeply in you? 
Right. And what is maybe what is that open in you? What is that open in you? Yeah. What does that bring to light for you? Right. Yeah. So I just want to like say an example, right? So so when I sometimes um maybe it's like I'm reading a book or I'm having a conversation with someone um or I'm listening to a podcast and I'm like, "Whoa." That they like that makes my spirit growl. Well, right, right, like in a way of like, I can feel like the the light of of God shining through them, and I yeah. it kind of opens something in me, and I'm like, whoa! I, I didn't realize until I heard that or kind of experienced them, um, because oftentimes for me, it's not, it's not so much the content mm-hmm. of what somebody is sharing, although sometimes content really does get me. Um, but it's more like a, a a way of being, yeah. Right, like it's like their openness to the spirit, or it's their um, way that they're embodying um, the light, or um, or just you can tell that they're allowing like the movement of the Holy Spirit to move through them. And when I when I'm in that in the presence of that, um, I it does open something in me, you know? Like like when you think about hearing live music, for example. Yeah. You know, like that and somebody is real that that artist is really has surrendered themselves to being a vessel of what God is pouring through them. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I mean, like whole stadiums feel it together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? But I mean, and I know that this is kind of a weird say to say thing to say like I think that's why some people go to church, but like that's part of the reason I go to church. Yeah, is because I love, I love the idea. It doesn't. I don't always feel it, but sometimes I do. Where we will all be in that sanctuary together, and I can feel the movement of God. Yeah, not just just not just in me, but like moving through that sanctuary around us and among us and for us. And I mean, it just doesn't get better than that for me, hmm. you know? I think you put your finger on it, um, talking about presence. Because mm. I, I mean, I, I do think that's what you're describing, that there's a, there's a presence and often a presence that someone seems to have. Yeah. That they embody. Right. That resonates so deeply deeply in me with me and and yeah when that's shared in in community with others it's like we all get caught up in the presence yes and and i find myself just being yeah oh isn't that just like the best gift so and i i think this is something and just one little more piece that i want to articulate because we were talking about this, and I think it is important. It can be so easy in those moments to think, oh, that's something that that person has that I don't. Right. And no, it is something we all have. And when I'm in the presence of it, and I allow myself to experience it, and I can feel that that it's opening something in me, then the invitation is to attend to it in myself so yeah. that I can cultivate this growing awareness, experience, presence of God in me. Right, because the, the hunger 
and what I'm hungry for, they're not separable things. That's right. They, they are within me. So my hunger for union with God, my hunger for God, that hunger and God are not separable. No, no, not, not at all. And, and you brought up a good point um, when we were discussing this earlier, how, how people experience that or what helps to, to draw in a closer sense of connection with God or what satiates the hunger. It's going to be different for different people. Totally. Isn't that part of the adventure? I mean, that's it's part of the so, wonder of it all. I know it's so full. It's so exciting. And, and as human beings, especially in this day and age, I think we just are like, just tell me what to do. Right. You know, like, give me the answer and I'll do it because I want it. I'm hungry and I want to satiate the hunger. Give me all five steps. Give me all five steps. And if you can boil it down to three, even better. <laughs> but that, that's the adventure mm-hmm. that we're called to. Right. Because my five steps or 20 steps or 800, whatever it might be, are going to be so different than yours. Well, and here's a little tip. <laughs> Something I've learned along the way is that it's always nonlinear. Yeah. Right? So if someone tells you it's going to be five steps, mm-hmm. you should say to yourself, mm, probably not. <laughs> probably not. At least not in a linear way. No, completely not. There may be passages. Um, because the hunger, just like the portion within us that we are, that portion of God that we are, yeah, is, is unique to us. It is. And so how I connect to the source, to God, is always going to be just a little different. Yeah. And oh, I just love it. It's, it's just part of what makes it so exciting for me. Yeah. So full of your word, wonder. Wonder. And it's the beauty of it. Yeah. And when we get to share that with each other, to me, that is the best of church. Yeah. Sharing the wonder of God. Because it calls it forth in all of us. Absolutely. All right. So that's some good stuff, hopefully, to chew on and to not only ponder and wonder about within your own soul, but hopefully you'll find some people to talk about it with and um, ask yourself these questions and discuss them. Have some dialogue with other people. And hopefully we'll see you soon in church. Yeah, that'd be great. We'll all get hungry together. Yeah, and receive. And receive. So we hope that you will uh, join us here in Ascension to satiate your hunger for God in some meaningful way. And we especially would love to see you all for the days of dialogue initiative that will be here in Ascension on January the 21st, Saturday, January the 21st at 10 a.m. and 5 p.m. There will be two showings of Michael Fosberg's one-man drama, Incognito. He tells the story of how he searches and finds his biological father, learning that as an Armenian, his biological father is an African-American and and discusses all the challenges and difficult dialogue he has along the way 
and offers some tools for us to engage in our own difficult conversations and dialogue with others. So don't miss out. Uh, we hope you'll register online at a southerncityspeaks.org where you can learn more and connect with us. This coming Friday, we also would love to see you for our Festival of Lights. It is Epiphany here, January the 6th, Friday. The service begins at 6 p.m., featuring works by Benjamin Britten, sung by multiple choirs here in Ascension. It's going to be a marvelous service to close out the Christmas season, and we hope to see you here this Friday, January 6th, 6 p.m. And this Sunday, January 8th, we'll resume adult formation. We're going to be kicking off a new uh, Bible series on the book of Acts. So if you weren't able to join us in the fall, uh, we certainly hope that you will join us for small group conversations on this really rich and exciting uh, book in the Bible, the book of Acts. So again, that's this Sunday, January 8th, 9.15 to 10.15 a.m. in our parish hall. We will, just so you know, we'll be doing small groups starting the following week. We'll be all together in the parish hall to kick off the book of Acts this Sunday. Then Sunday evening, January 8th, we'll be breathing under the stained glass from 5 to 6 p.m. So if you're looking for a way to start your new year with some ease and peace, maybe learn some spiritual practice to weave into your everyday life, we hope you'll join us. That's Breathing Under the Stained Glass this Sunday evening, January 8th from 5 to 6 p.m. in the sanctuary at Church of the Ascension. We hope to see you here soon and be sure to connect with us online.